Amen to the last song, right? Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Maybe that's the sole reason why you're here. Is it? <laughs> Pay attention. It's your birthday. I, I guess we'll let this one go by. So anyway. Uh, oh, it's good to see you all this morning. Uh, this is, I, rarely do I feel like I need to move forward some. But we still have a few of you up here. But, but man, we're, we're loaded towards the back. I, I could still see you. I will look more back there. Hey, I want to I want to introduce you a couple we haven't had for a long time, but but this this young man man identified with Christ uh, was part of the youth group went to MCC Jonathan and Sarah Kaler please stand up and and Sarah real quick pull down your mask so we could see you now this is. This is some, a couple that we need to be praying for. They're part of us and, and working in a ministry, youth ministry in, in Wichita, Kansas. And so, man, we'd love to, oh, it's a surprise. And you made our Sunday, okay? So, so hey, if you haven't met them, take an opportunity to go up and say, man, welcome. Love you guys. We're going to pray for you, okay? Everybody know what to say? Got all that? Anyway, we love you guys and so glad that you're here. I want to let you know that, that, that as a way of announcement, next Sunday we are going to start a new series. We haven't got the grand title, but we got the idea of it because we're going to walk through the book. I love walking through the book. That's, that's just who I am. Uh, I love expository preaching. I love using scripture. So you want to know what the book is, right? Uh, and the reason you want to know what the book is is because you want to read ahead and figure out what I'm going to say. What, you just want to, boy, it is a benefit to read ahead. It really is. And so I encourage you to read the first chapter of 1 Corinthians. Uh, we're going to walk through that book of 1 Corinthians here in the next, especially as we get into the fall and, and proceed. Uh, the series that we're going through, we're, I'm going to finalize in it today. Uh, Eric already kind of let you know, you know, with some key or hot, hot words or, or, or even thoughts uh, over this pandemic, life, faith, pandemic. Uh, we've, we've dealt with fear, uh, especially at first Sunday. That idea that I want us to grasp and remember is, is we cannot be ruled by our fear. No matter what's happening, anything like that, we cannot be ruled by our fear. Matter of fact, uh, if we're going to fear anyone or anything, it's God, right? And, and to, to keep our minds focused upon Him and trust Him through whatever situation we're facing. Uh, essential was last week. I heard that, that word essential used quite a bit, defining what's essential, what is not. And I want to just make clear, I, I thought it was important to make clear, the church is essential. The church is essential. It is created by God. And matter of fact, I want to say I had a, a conversation with a young man on the phone who's not been coming because he, he's concerned about mom who has a lot of health issues. And I appreciate that. We have more folks coming back as they feel comfortable. And, and it was not to say you need to be here. So people who are watching uh, you know, today, it, it wasn't the guilt trip. No matter where you're, whether you're watching or you're here today, we need to know that the church is essential. And, and then when, when everyone feels comfortable, I, I'm looking forward to the day when we could just not be afraid of a virus and, and fill the church, right? And, and, and all be here together. It, it, it's been a gradual thing. Uh, you know, we've got some people who haven't been here for a while, came today. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm loving it. And so uh, seeing, seeing uh, Cresswells and, and Dory and her family, love it. 
love it. So that's just fun for me. And, and even Don, I think that's Don Anderson, my, my cousin, hasn't been here. Good to see you, man. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I need to start preaching, right? And he said, man, this is going to be a long one today if he's going to jog on. So anyway, uh, the word today, Eric's already introduced it, is, is that word unprecedented. If there is one word throughout this that just irritated the snot out of me, it was unprecedented. Especially March and April. Every time you turn on the TV and listen to news, what word could you guarantee was going to be, be used? Unprecedented. And, and it was, I mean, there was reasons why they used it. This was new. Uh, something that we've never faced before. And over time, you know, this, and this is my thinking. If you disagree with this, I, I'm, I'm willing to listen to your thoughts on this. But, but since I'm preaching, I, I get to expound my thoughts and, and you don't get to speak. Until, if, you, if you disagree, definitely you could let me know. But, but I don't think it's, the, 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 the virus itself is not unprecedented. Uh, to, to say we've had plagues and to say we've had viruses before, absolutely. In my lifetime, I mean, SARS, and we can name a, a whole bunch of them, Legionnaires, disease, whatever, uh, all kinds of things that, that you know, e- even AIDS, I remember that being a, a, you know, a, a, an epidemic that came up. I think the thing that is so unprecedented about this is the way that our, our, our world, and, and just in, within our government, our, our public officials, our polit- po- politicians have dealt with it. You know, I, I think it began with our care and concern and, and all that. But, uh, you know, even to say that it is something that politics has wrapped itself around, and, and yeah, that's not been fun. Uh, so, but, but I want to focus on that word, unprecedented. Our response to, to this over the past several months uh, you know, def- is something we didn't see coming. We didn't think it would go to the extent we thought it might be you know a matter of weeks anybody else think well a matter of weeks and this will be gone yeah or that was hopeful thinking that we're still dealing with it here in the beginning of September is oh to me it's frustrating I know it's frustrating for you as well it's called it's caused fear it's caused anger probably the worst thing and, and maybe you're with me on this as well the worst thing that I think it's caused is some division right uh, all kinds of news out there, uh, some, some going to the rebellious part of, you know, we don't need to shut down to, to the other side. Man, we got to shut down, we got to stay home and all that. And, and in between, you know, and, and believers are all over the board. Believers are all over the board. There is no, no scripture that says what exactly we, we're to do except for be united and showing mercy and being forgiving. There is where we hold on and embrace the scripture. So wherever we stand in that, it is about mercy. It is about grace and forgiveness. Uh, one, one great consistency that we are able to hold on to is God, right? God is consistent. No matter what we're facing here in this world, God hasn't changed one bit. We could, we could guarantee that. Matter of fact, uh, he is the rock. He is that foundation we stand upon, Right? absolutely the rock we stand upon. I love the, the uh, uh, parable Jesus talked about or, or told about the, the, wise man, the wise and foolish builders, right? The, the wise man built his house upon the rock where the storm comes and blows and no matter what, he stands firm. But the foolish man builds his house upon the sand and when the troubles come, boom. <laughs> so we are a people who believe in God and are establishing ourselves upon that foundation. 
And, and, and that is, is where we are. Matter of fact, when it comes to unprecedented, I believe this is a true statement. God is the God of the unprecedented. God is the God of the unprecedented. Let me, let me share what I, I mean with the first point. And this is really, I, I believe this is a truth, that when God acts in the world, it is unprecedented. All, all throughout Scripture, where, what stories can you even begin to think about that God acts with something new and different, never seen before? Uh, just, just going from the beginning, you think about the, well, even in the creation, in, in, in creation, uh, that was unprecedented. Uh, to think about the flood when, when God, when people were just living life and, and going from day to day and, and thinking they're going to have tomorrow, and, and then a great flood comes and everything is wiped out. God, God creates a nation for himself by choosing one man. And it's unprecedented because of what it became. A, a nation uh, that, that was in slavery and then in the book of Exodus, he, he uh, released them through those plagues. Uh, what's unprecedented, you know, the Nile turning to blood, uh, the, the, the frogs becoming so numerous, they were everywhere, even in your bed, and, and, and a, a plague of boils, uh, uh, the, the firstborn dying, the firstborn over all of Egypt dying, unprecedented uh, to think about also you know when it comes to the battles man how often can you say how in the world did that even was that even accomplished except that God was involved you know I, I think about Gideon one of my favorite stories of battles was Gideon who, who was going up against the Midianites who were in the valley and it was described as they were locusts just covering that valley thousands upon thousands and Gideon had a few thousand of his own going up to battle against and God sent most of them home giving Gideon an army of 300 and and, and the very reason he did is because I want there to be no doubt that I was involved in this with 300 he wiped out those armies of Mid, uh, the Midianites also uh, I remember Joshua asking for the the, the, the day to, to be prolonged or for the sun to stand still and God followed through in order for them to overcome uh, five kings and their kingdoms in, in a day. Recently we went through Daniel. You know, who could forget the unprecedented fact of three men being thrown into the flames and walking around unharmed, coming out not even smelling of smoke. Unprecedented. Our God acts, doesn't he? And it's unprecedented. Come on, the, the, the greatest unprecedented act that we have to say in the Scripture is the coming of Jesus. The, the virgin birth, the coming of Jesus, when he came into this world, unprecedented. Oh, yay, yay. There's a good response. Um, and, and to think about how Jesus worked in the world. I mean, it very much reflected a God who was in control, right? The fact that, that he walked upon the water. The fact that he calmed the storms, that he healed the sick, that he raised the dead, and after his own death upon the cross, he was raised from the dead. Now that's unprecedented, right? And, and here's also a fact when we talk about a God who acts in the world and, and acts with unprecedented acts, is that he sets precedents. He sets precedents. When in creation, you know, he set the, the world and everything in motion. We have our days set by him. And time is, is his creation. And, and to think about after the flood, what did he say? Never again, I promise. 
and gave a rainbow. Right? Never again, never again to do this. And he sets a precedent. He uh, uh, sets a precedent even with that resurrection. To, to think that, that when Jesus rose from the dead, later on Paul is going to say, hey, listen, if you're like me in my death, or if you're like Jesus in his death, you're going to be like him in his resurrection. We love the precedence of God, right? We love what he establishes and sets in this world. And, and, and so I, another truth I think is very important for us to realize that comes out of this fact that our God is in control is that God continues to create and move history forward. It, it didn't change today. We look, into, uh, we look into the scripture. We know that through all kinds of chaos and difficulties, God was always in control. You read the Old Testament, familiar with that? And, and then we look at today. And we think, man, what chaos. What chaos and ugliness is happening in our world today? The hatred, right? Are you with me? The hatred? We, I mean, we're kind of used to it between nations. But here within the United States, it is ugliness. It is, it is it's just terrible. So is God in control of that? I would tell you absolutely God is not out of control. God, this chaos is now out of his control. Matter of fact, uh, as we looked in the Old Testament, we just recently went through the book of Daniel. And I think one of the most powerful things in there was the realization that God is in control came to the fact that, that Nebuchadnezzar and, and Belteshazzar and, and all those kings that we uh, realized in, in, in that book uh, was, was spoken around. God sets up kings and God removes kings. Remember that? I, evil kings, wicked kings, and, and good kings all alike. God was moving history, and, and he was moving governments. And to think today, well, you know, that was before Jesus. That was before Jesus. Today, God's not in control. I mean, we, we do it by election, right? And, and our voices are heard, and we elect whoever's going to be president. I don't think it's any different. Romans 13 says, God establishes every authority. New Testament. God establishes every authority. That means God placed Barack Obama as president, that Democrat. And then here as a Republican, God has placed President Donald Trump in, 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 in that position. I know some folks that, that look at either one and say, no, no way. My God didn't put him in office. Are you with me? Isn't that right? Oh, no, God didn't do that. Absolutely he did. Absolutely he did. Because my God is in control. Your God is in control. He establishes governments. I, I mean, he put some wicked, wicked uh, guys in Rome in place who put Christians in, in persecution. Uh, under perse persecuted Christians. Absolutely. And he put them into place. What was he doing? Well... Sometimes I can't answer that question very well. But the church, those who believe in God, understand this. He is in control. He is absolutely in control. I, our, our nation is, is in turmoil. Absolutely, I believe right now. You know, it's, whether it's just election year, I'm curious to see what happens after election. Have you heard about that and, and all kinds of speculations of troubles that's coming even after the election? One group's not going to accept the other. 
I received Saturday, just yesterday morning, turned my sermon, but uh, I received a letter from Franklin Graham, personally to Ronnie Roberts. No, it was all printed out. Anyway, Franklin Graham, and, and the first line that he says is, America is in trouble like we haven't seen in our lifetime. Unprecedented, right? America is in trouble like we haven't seen in our lifetime. And, and so the, the whole letter is about this. It's an invitation for the church or for believers to gather in Washington on, on September, was it September 26th? And, and matter of fact, a good brother already told me about this and, and said, hey, this is going to happen. And, and if you want more details about it, that's not why I'm bringing it up this morning. I, I wanted to go to this place. I, it, it, I, and I, I want to emphatically say, absolutely, anytime we're called to prayer, let's do that, Right? Anytime, anytime that there's troubles, we need to go to prayer. Let's do that. A matter of fact, the, the very familiar passage, do you know where I'm going? Maybe you don't. Whenever we're in trouble and the church begins to think, what, what is one of the verses that we embrace? Isn't it 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14, where it says, If my people, how many of you have heard that? If my people who are called by my name, uh, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. God it really is established in a precedence with, with uh, Solomon. Uh, you know, here's, here's one of the things that while I'm preaching that, that I will preach consistently. Have you ever, do you know what the context where that's given? Do you know what act, what's happening around uh, that Second Chronicles chapter 7? You know, in your own mind, if I ask you that, well, what do you think is happening? Well, maybe another nation is coming down and laying siege on Jerusalem. So he says, hey, you need to repent. Is that possibly what, what, what you might think? Or maybe there's a famine taking place at the, at the time. Actually, Second Chronicles chapter 7, you know what's happening? The, the, the temple has been built. Finally. David talked about the temple. Solomon was given the charge of it, and it took a long time. And man, they put time into it. This is going to be the place where God dwells. And oh, did they celebrate. There was a celebration, and, and I, I, it, it took two weeks. Seven days of dedication of the altar, and then seven days of festival. So, and all of this nation of Israel was together and celebrating. And, and, oh, let me see, that, like sacrifices, 22,000 head of cattle. I'm saying that because we got some guys who own cattle. 22,000 heads of cattle were sacrificed that day in celebration of the beginning of this opening of the temple. 120,000 sheep and goats were sacrificed, and they did worship. They said, man, instruments were being placed, and, and people were saying, his love endures forever. I mean, there was a celebration, and matter of fact, it said that Solomon had to tell everybody to go home. <laughs> it was that kind of celebration. And, and then afterwards, it said that God came to Solomon, and he said, man, if, when, if, if the heavens are closed up and there is no rain, meaning drought, or famine because of locusts, or, or even a, a plague that strickens this nation, then if my people who are called by my name will humbly come before me and, and do some repentance, uh, turn from their wickedness, I, I will heal their land. That, would, that was stated at a good time, because guess what was coming? Guess, guess, guess what was coming for Israel? A consistency of rebellion and, and sinfulness. 
And we still see it today, right? I, I, I even thought, we, here we, I, again, I'll refer to the book of Daniel. I, I wonder what happened as Babylon was coming down upon the nation of Judah. Israel is already taken into captivity, overtaken and, and gone. Judah is left. And there are some faithful people. Do you believe that they were going to this verse to say, listen, we need to repent. Maybe Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. That's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Maybe those four were, were part of saying, hey, listen, we as a nation need to gather together and pray. We need to turn from our wicked ways and, and turn to God, and he'll heal our land. And, and we can avoid what Babylon, uh, the, the, this, this great nation of Babylon, kingdom of Babylon. Maybe we could avoid that. And, and so maybe there was a group already praying. But God had already spoken and said because of that continuous defiance, they went into captivity and Judah was, was overrun. I think about today, and I think about this verse that, that calls us to repentance. The message in that verse of Chronicles is absolutely right. I want to tell you, it is absolutely right. Repentance? Repentance? Oh, yeah, it's for the nation. No, I, I think it also includes the church. Oh, man, it, it definitely includes me. I mean, that's part of my life is repentance. Are you with me? Where, where I fail, and, and it often comes when I come before the Lord, and I, I remember, and I, I'm thankful, and then I say, how is it that I'm even deserving of this? And I'm reminded of some things in the way that I act that I need to come before him and say, God, please forgive me. Are you with me? Please, are you with me on that? A living, I mean, that, I believe that's just part of a believer's life that we're going to be brought to him over and over again in repentance, Right? Isn't that right? Repentance is exactly right. So when things are going bad, man, it calls us to this thing of let's repent. And so the church ought to hit their knee. I, I, often, man, if we would just hit our knees and, and ask for God's forgiveness. Have we done everything well and, and followed everything that, that God wants us to do as a church? I think we even as a church fall short. Can I tell you? I hit my knees about that. God, please lead, please guide. Help us to pay better attention. And it always, and it always begins with repentance. But also part of the message I think is so important comes from James. Comes out of the book of James, New Testament. Something he said about prayer that I especially want to remember. Because, hey, we're thinking about you know, the troubles in this world, difficulties. So the message partly is repentance. But it's also uh, what James says in chapter 4. If you want to turn there, it's not going to be up here. James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. 13 through 17. You know, James is that, man, so, so much content, almost a smorgasbord of great things about how to live our lives. And here's one about how we ought to pray. And it's really one simple thing. But let me read through it. He says, James says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to... Go to this or that city. Spend a year there. Carry on business and make money. In that first verse, what does it say? We're, we're, here, we're busy about creating our schedules, planning out what we're going to do even next week or maybe in the months to come or next year. 
You know, maybe, maybe we got plans for a, a vacation trip that may, I need that so much, so I'm looking forward to that. And so we're making plans. Even as a church, we're making plans. One of the things, announcement, we're, we're looking at how are you going to open up uh, our children's programming. You know, man, we want to get them back in and our, our youth, are, they're going to start up here again. We, we want to move forward. So we're making plans. And so he, he lays all that, why we're making plans. And then verse 14, he said, why? Why do you not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You, you don't even know what's going to happen. We don't know. The uncertainty of tomorrow, we don't know. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And then here's his message. All, all to the simple of, of planning and putting, you know, thinking forward. Does that mean, does James go along and say, hey, stop planning. Just worry about today. Stop, hey, wipe out your schedules. Every, boy, some people would be really mad if I said that, you know. Wipe out your schedules and, and stuff like that. But here's what he said. Here's what you have to include. Verse 15 says, instead, you ought to say, it is the Lord's will. We live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. So let me put James' words simple so, so we make sure we're clear on this. So what's he saying? The, the thing is just simply knowing that God's in control. Listen, hey, I've already announced that next Sunday, here's, here's my plan. We're going to start 1 Corinthians. Lord willing. Have you ever heard those words? Lord willing? I mean, Lord willing, we might all be here next Sunday. Lord willing, I might not be here next Sunday. Who knows? And, and so... The whole idea is this thinking and understanding that God is in control. I have today, praise God, and, and, and part of that is, will I have tomorrow? I hope I have tomorrow, Lord willing. It, it is, it is a, a thoughtful and, and, and just a, a mind, you know, always, always to be able to say, Lord willing, man, I've, I've got a vacation planned, Lord willing. And it just acknowledges that my God is in control. I'm going to make my plans, and that's okay. None of this says don't make plans, but it says make plans with that idea that God's in control. Hey, God, if you're going to change my plans, if I'm going to go home early, I mean home early, woohoo! That's, that's a whole lot better vacation I could ever put together, you know? An eternity of vacation. You with me? <laughs> But so we go along, man, repentance and the idea that, that God, you know, God has our tomorrows are the things that we need to hold on to when we think about a God who is in control. He's going he's gonna to work and he's going to act in a world that is chaotic, sinful, and rebellious. And, and our trust and our confidence is in him. And, and the final truth I want to share this morning is this. It's about Jesus. Eric nailed it with the song, Bless Assurance, Jesus is Mine. That's the message. We find a consistency in what God has established in Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. That's why we have this relationship with God. That's why I could say, I am His, He is mine. I am His child. Make, make no doubt about it. I mean, the assurance is there. Not because I'm a great person. Not because you're great people. Man, the truth is we're sinners, right? 
that have identified with Jesus. And oh, is he changing me? Oh, is he changing you? Are you with me? How, come on, are you with me? Seriously. That, that, that's who we are as a church. We're being changed and transformed by him. We're not perfect people. But man, to continue to look for him to, 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 to change and adjust and make. And that one consistency I could count on in any day. Even when my foundation and this world around me is shaky as all get out. And troubling. And difficult. That the one foundation I have to stand upon is my God who provided such a Savior who is consistent as well. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. <laughs> Unprecedented. Things that come about and surprise us and cause us to be either afraid or angry, whatever it is. I want you to know that God has never changed. Your God is consistent. When your world around you is shaking you, you have a place to go. You have, I, just to go before him in prayer and say, God, my confidence is in you. Help me through this. Because we want to be a people of faith. Faith in such a God. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you Oh, Lord, this morning we had the opportunity to thank you for being that consistent God. We praise you for all that you represent, your holiness, your righteousness. Lord, we praise you for your word that we could open and see all the unprecedented acts that you have uh, moved and, and shaken in this world. And, Father, even for the precedents that you have set the precedence of resurrection that comes through Jesus. We especially praise you for that, for the coming of Jesus. And that today, Lord, we know that in Christ we are your children. Father, help us to live faithfully for you no matter what tomorrow brings. And Lord willing, we, we pray for tomorrow. We pray that we will continue to be faithful and, and Lord, pursuing you, being encouraged by you, and Lord, being used by you to strengthen and encourage and help others grow as well. God, we love your church. We love your scriptures. We love the spirit that indwells us. Oh, Lord, we love your Savior. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.